Welcome, everybody, to the Between Two Wheels podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is episode 143. I'm your humble host, Tyler Yonke. Thanks for joining us. Second week of the Vuelta, we're going to talk about the Tour of Spain and the general classification shakeout, how it's kind of come into form, who has legs for their last remaining week of the, of the race. New segment, what would Jesus do? Transfer market update. We'll give you a few new additions since the last time we spoke. Northern California, NCNCA, some races that took place. We will go over some results on those, give you an idea, some things that make you go, hmm, some winners and losers. And what did Kurt say? All coming up on the Between Two Wheels podcast. Thank you once again, everybody. Uh, Appreciate you joining in. Uh, it's been a rough, it's been a rough few months trying to after the tour. Look, after the tour, Tour de France, I was a little, little blown away from doing almost daily updates and had a good time. Work schedule, kids back in school, it's just tough. Kurt and Chris don't seem to be that interested in joining us. Uh, trying to get them back in studio. Look, I'm, I love this. Uh, Vuelta has been going on. I've been, I'm really enjoying it, and so I thought we'd at least talk about that. However, last week we talked, uh, episode 142, had some corrections that I might want to go through. I had talked about Jesus Harada and his brother Jose Harada. I had mixed the two up. Now, in my defense, I used uh, the website steephill.tv, gives updates and all the uh, results. They had incorrectly uh, swapped Jose and, and Jesus up. So when I talked about uh, Jesus doing the wrong thing, it was actually Jose. So if you don't remember, one day Jose gets in the breakaway, Jose Harada. He totally royally screws it up, loses the race. Two continental uh, Spanish teams uh, beat it, go 1-2 uh, for the finish. They win. The next day, Jesus, his brother, gets in the break. And Jesus is like, what would Jesus do? Here's what Jesus would do. And he does the exact right thing, wins on the day, beats Dylan Toynes. Thus, at the dinner table, they're going to say, hey, what would Jesus do? Jesus would win the stage. And rightly so. So mixed up on that. Another one we talked about was uh, Dunnigan Road Race. We had inadvertently said Ellie Velez got second in that race, in the race of two Ellies. Uh, once again, that was not due to our, our inept uh, abilities to read the results. That was uh, due to the ineptability of the results to be correct. Ellie uh, informed me that she actually won. She said she won it by a big margin. And she told them, so somehow they had her a second place. Uh, great for her. And we will redeem her in the NCAA uh, update page. Uh, well, in the updates as we do it on this um, for the, the San Francisco Grand Prix or the Giro DSS. We'll talk about that race coming up. Uh, Michael Claudio. Michael Claudio. We talked about him out at Winters posting up for fifth place. Look, uh, I assume that he was making a joke. He confirmed so on the Facebook page. Uh, it's... <laughs> I, I think he didn't realize there was going to be a bunch of cameras there. Uh, and he came through, you know, he did a long day. The break was gone all day long. So I totally get what he was doing, making a joke. You're, you're kind of tired. Uh, and then what happens is his, his posts up were so dramatic that on some of the photography pages, they used his image as it says, you know, like the race, uh, podiums or posts up and it showed him as the, the thumbnail for that. So, uh, embarrassment i guess uh michael no big deal uh we all knew that you knew and it was you know it's just fun to joke about and by the way uh if i had been able to stay away for a lap like you had maybe i'd do that as well so congrats uh one little comment i just saw with kurt is 
he had talked about this. He's and and you know this this may be a good inquiry. It leads into our Vuelta coverage. Kurt said yesterday, "I like how the Vuelta makes Quintana wear a green jersey because he's not on a team." Okay, so that that may or may not be correct. I think the green green jersey is a points jersey, uh, but I do like how that comes across. Uh, very funny. Okay, Vuelta stages ten through sixteen. Look. Uh, we're going to have to do a deep dive maybe into Slovenia. So Slovenia, uh, you got um, Primoz Roglic, and now you have Taja uh, Pogacar, uh, both of Slovenia, coming to the fore. As a matter of fact, in one of these stages, it's just them, one, two, coming across the line and putting it down. Roglic is obviously a man that has potential. He's been you know, winning stages of the tour. He can time trial like crazy. He's done very well in these seven-day, one-week stage races. Not such a great uh, Giro uh, for him, but he was still third place. Comes into what fourth place in the Tour uh, of 2018. Uh, didn't do the Tour this year, but 2019 Tour, he skipped it, and he's now doing the vault and he's leading. So obviously, it's pretty exciting. Look, a very small country. Let's just give a little update of what he have here for. It covers 20,273 square kilometers. Not a big country. It's officially the Republic of Slovenia. It's a country located in southern Central Europe at a crossroads of important European cultural and trade routes. Is it? I don't know. That's what it says. It is bordered by Italy to the west, Austria to the north, Hungary to the northeast, Croatia to the southeast, and the Adriatic Sea to the southwest. Uh, like I said, uh, 20-some thousand square kilometers, about 7,800 square miles, population of 2.07 million. One of the accessor states of the former Yugoslavia, Slovenia is a parliamentary republic and a member of the United Nations, uh, the European Nation, uh, Union, and of NATO. The capital in the largest city of Ljubljana. I, I don't know how to pronounce that, but evidently uh, Slovenia, pretty country. Got some water, got some mountains, and it's got two really good riders. Okay, we'll start right off with that. Stage 10. Stage 10, We remember we had left off... Um, the Roglic was was pretty much close on time. I'm trying to remember who was actually in the GC going into that stage. However, you had uh, 36.2 kilometer individual time trial uh, comes out. We had some some notables. Um, Will Barta of CCC American had set a good pace early on. He was looking pretty good. Uh, but then you had other guys started to come through. Tiraj Pojakar, we'll just call him Pog. He uh, lights it up at the first checkpoint and he's going faster than everybody. And you're kind of thinking, ah, it's because it's a little climby stuff. Uh, he ends up fading. The winner of that day was Roglic. Uh, Patty Bevan had been uh, in the hot seat for quite some time. He was looking really good until Roglic came through. Roglic blew everybody away, puts up a great time. Uh, Lawson Craddock, uh, another American in fourth. Like I said, Pog was in 11th. He was the leader after the first time check. Will Barta, seventh. Um, some other notables on the day, Valverde 13th at 138, Lopez Superman uh, two minutes down, Nairo Quintana 306. So some disappointments there. But Roglic uh, really put the, the work in and, you know, look, he was uh, Ide. Was that the guy that was in the red uh, leader's jersey going into that? Um, or Valverde or Quintana? Actually, it was Quintana. I think Quintana was in the yellow and the red uh, going into that. So he was uh, suffering near the back. Um Pretty, pretty interesting TT is exactly what you expect from Roglic. Uh, he was never really able to do that in the Vuelta to that extent. Now, look, remember, he lost 40 seconds in the, individ- the team time trial. 
along with Pogacar, uh, Pog, uh, lost uh, about a minute, I think, in the team time trial. So, you know, those guys both came out of this fairly well. Stage 11, St. Palace to Erdax, Danch, you know, look at these names. This is crazy. Uh, 180 kilometers. Uh, winner there was Mikhail Eturia. It's to Scotty Basque Country, Mirius. Uh, barely won that over Jonathan uh, Lastra, Kaji Rural, and Lawson Craddock. So Lawson Craddock gets in the break of the day. Uh, I think maybe he has a good chance. And look, he's he's put up some, he, like, what did I say? He was uh, fourth in the TT. He's third here. He actually gets another top 10 coming up in a few days. Uh, stage, oh, so GC Roglic still 152 over Valverde. Stage 12, uh, big break, around eight kilometers. Gilbert takes off and is chased by two Spanish Conti riders, uh, Aaron Buru and Barcella, both of Cadriel and then Uscati. Um, he ends up staying away barely to the line. I mean, he ends up posting up, but those guys almost got him. This 10th Grand Tour stage win and another one for Dequanta Quick Step. Roglic, uh, nothing in the GC battle there. Stays over 152 over Valverde. Uh, Gilbert, uh, looking good. Look, uh, we've mentioned he is going away from them. Is he going to the UAE? I'm trying to remember which team he, or CCC. I'm trying to remember which team Gilbert is going through. I think I have it down in our transfer market. We'll confirm, but obviously going away from Dequan Quick Step. Uh, Dequan Quick Step does have a guy in the top 20. Uh, Knox, James Knox, I think his name is. He's a, a Brit and he's doing quite well. Look, that team is interesting. They, they're mostly their spring, uh, save for, uh, Alejandro, uh, sorry, um, Philippe this last year you know they don't really have much in the way of who they've got for GC but Knox seems to be a guy coming up but they always manage to get their their wins either in the sprints uh in these little punchy stuff with valve with uh um Jobert. I wonder who's taking the place of Jobert next year you know he got slighted on the Tour de France last year so kind of was able to redeem himself stage 13 Bilbao to Los Machucos 166 kilometers this has a ridiculously steep finishing climb uh, I think it featured in the Vuelta that Chris Froome uh, ended up winning now was that 2011 2012 uh, where he just got it awarded to him and they did it a few years ago where uh, I think it was Stefan Denefield won that over uh, Contador and then he um, consequently, uh, the road for Aqua Blue. He ends up uh, getting this last year a uh, drug suspension. Uh, so I don't know if he was he was on tanked on something two years ago, but um, anyway, super steep climb, and you expect to have GC issues uh, on this one as well. And what you did, you did, you actually had that uh, Pojakar ends up taking off, and Roglic is the only one that really stays with them. They end up with. Going one two on the day, Roglic uh, obviously is looking for a GC battle there. So he, I don't know if he lets Pog get the win, but uh, the twenty year old Slovenian over the more experienced was. I'm not sure how old Primoz is. We can look at that as well. Uh, Pogacar really put that the hurt on everyone, dropped them all. Roglic had no trouble getting with him and staying with him, doing the work, and basically trying to increase his. Uh, lead for the overall coming in third that day was Pierre Latour. Now like Pierre Latour of AGTR, we need to have a conversation. Uh, black shoes and white socks. I don't know that that's a good look. I matter of fact, I think it's a bad look. Um, but that's what Pierre Latour runs on his, uh, socks shoe combo. Not a fan myself. Uh, so it was actually good to see two white shoe, black socks guys beat him on the day, which were Pog and Rog and Pog. Uh, Jumbo Visma in second, uh, UAE in first for the win. UAE, um, they had a 
interesting signing. We'll talk about that uh, coming up. Uh, Valverde ends up fourth place, 27 seconds back with Quintana, Micah, Lopez, Kelderman, uh, you know, these guys coming in, uh, Knox coming in at 13th, uh, Higuita for EF Education first, down there in 15th on the day. So the GC after the Los Machucos is Roglic uh, with a 225 lead over Valverde, 301 in uh, third place, Pogacar moves up two spots. Lopez down one, Katana down one, Micah moves up, Ade moves up, Hagen, Carl Frederick, Carl ha- Frederick Hagen of Ladisudal. Who? Yeah, you never see him there. So I think what happens is the, 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 the stuff starts to hit the fan right away on these climbs. It shreds him out, but he's just close enough every day to that front group to hold on, to keep himself in the top eight. Kelderman, Dylan Toyn's in 10th. Uh, Los Macuchos, great stage. Um, Stage 14, San Vicente to De La Barca to Ovida, 188 kilometers. Like this one should be one for the sprinters. There's a Cat 3 climb kicker right near the end. And then uh, the finish had a little pitch up to it. But in the end, uh, Sam Bennett, uh, Bora Hansberger, was able to stay in there. And as they're coming into the finish, uh, this has had a lot of potential to be a devastating race for the GC favorites because there was a wreck inside the last kilometer. Uh, took down Roglic, it took down Pogacar, it took down Valverde. Uh, however, I don't think, you know, you saw some of them suffering a little bit the next few days, but uh, I, it didn't appear that any of their injuries, like Rogue, uh, Pogac, uh, Roglic went kind of just hit some stuff, kind of, he didn't really fall, put his hand down. Uh, so most, I don't think the GC really had any problem. Although Lucas Medjuk, um, he was taken to the hospital. I think he rides for um, Scott, Mitchell and Scott, and he, he was not, I mean, they were just a few hundred feet, I think, you know, maybe 500 meters from the finish. And he was not, not even attempting to get up. Uh, he just ended up riding, uh, riding into the ambulance straight uh, off the race. So hope he's doing better. Uh, speaking of off the race, uh, we'll talk about that coming up. Stage 15, this was Sunday. This was Teneo to Santerio del Acebo, 154 kilometers, had three big climbs in it. Uh, finish up to what last 20, 15 or so. Okay. Uh, all kind of uphill with the official climb somewhere on the 10 K mark. Uh, this one had a pretty good size break in it. Uh, it ended up like Rogic just took control. Um, his team took control, but what they did, they sent up the road. Um, Sepkas, Sepkas is sitting in the, in the moves. Uh, he's not having to do any work. The idea is, hey, I'll, I'll be up here. If I have to slide back for Roglic, I will do so. However, they hit the base of that climb. They have like five minutes. So other guys start riding away. And he was given the green light. Sep took off at the base. And, man, he, he went through about three guys that were already up the road and, from their break that had kind of attacked uh, just a little bit before the start of the climb and didn't even look at him. Just goes right through them and sets a really good time. He's got two chasers, Tail Gegenhart and this uh, – Another gentleman, not remembering his name. And they were not making much time. They were holding like 30, 20 seconds right in that range. And then as you start getting to the last two, three kilometers, uh, I think Sepp just turned on the gas more. I think he'd been kind of holding back, making sure he was fine. And he extended that lead out to almost a minute. And at the end, when he comes through, he's high-fiving the crowds, deep crowd there along the finish, barriered off. But he's high-fiving on the left, high-fiving on the right. He ends up with about 40 seconds over Gegenhart. And with that, uh, you know, if he had been pushing all the way to the line, I think he could have kept it to about a minute. But it was pretty impressive. Uh, down below on the lower slopes, they come into the final climb. 
Uh, Nielsen Palace uh, is on the front for Roglic. He's only on there momentarily before Valverde hits the front and attacks. Roglic goes with him. Uh, he's able to drop everybody but Valverde. Then Valverde is making sure that, you know, because Nairo is not having a good day. So Valverde is on the front making sure he's not coming back to the group. Pogacar and Lopez have a bad day. They're not looking that great. Like I said, Sepp is looking great. Jumbo's looking great. Sepp's time, by the way, was uh, would have been the top five on the day of all the guys. Well, so it was. If you just timed him from the bottom, his was fifth best time of the day. That was very impressive because uh, these other guys were swapping off. The, at no point did I see Sepp with anybody. Uh, as a matter of fact, he went through these guys right away. He didn't take a pull. He was solo the whole time. Uh, Roglic was on with Valverde. They were swapping poles. You know, Tail Gregenhart was with someone else. Uh, so Nairo, everyone else had someone else. They're set in pace, pulling. Uh, Sepp Kuss was not. Well done to the American. Well done to the uh, University of Colorado native uh, or alumni and native of Durango. So congrats to him. And, you know, we saw this coming. Wins in Tour Utah convincingly last year. We talked about that. Went, went in two stages. Comes to then to the Volta last year after the Tour Utah and does really strong climbing in the first week and then just was dead tired for the rest. I mean, he admitted so. Goes into the Giro this year and to help support Roglic. The support for Roglic was not was missing. Remember, there was a day there where... Roglic is getting near the final climb. There's, they're coming down to have a little pitch. And he gets a bike. We didn't know if it was derailleur. Something happened. He needed a bike change. His team manager is off in the bushes taking a leak. So they were not there for the team car. That caused a pretty significant gap for him having to wait. He had no teammates around him. So he was really limited. De Plus got sick right away at the at the tour of uh, the, the Giro. So he was not there for him. Uh, Sepp didn't ride that great. Look, but he's been really well supported in this Vuelta. Now, is this is like the last chance saloon type of race for a lot of riders because he didn't have the, the, the Giro he wanted, although top three is pretty solid. Skips out on the tour, uh, comes into this race, and Sepp is just um, really doing a good job because, you know, Sepp has this great climb on stage 15, stage 16 when he needs him to bay back uh, doing support work. Not a problem, supporting him just fine and looks good. So stage uh, 16 uh, yesterday, Pravia to Alto de la Cubilla. That was Lena. That was 144 kilometers, three good climbs in there, good finishing one. Um, once again, we had another break in the day. There was, uh, I want to say, four. Cavagna was Joubert maybe in there, Riquezi, Knox, all of Dequan and Quickstep. So they were kind of tasked with taking the lead. There was a Stana Ryder. There was two of them up there, uh, Fulsang and I want to say Sanchez. Um, they were both up in the break as well. And as it turned out, Fulsang hit the, hit the bottom of the climb. His teammate took off. They kind of worked everyone out. They're kind of chasing with Joubert. Uh, do you think Knox, James Knox, who has been top? 15 or so would have maybe he'd pull off a Sepkus type of thing, but it wasn't meant to be. It was just full song is a great climber and great rider. So he sets out and he ends up just soloing out for the day, winning on the stage. And that climb was really unique because they're up in the Austria's Austria, Austria's uh, little section uh, of the mountains over there. That's just a little bit different and really rugged looking. This wasn't your steep pitch. The guys were big ringing this climb and it was really a fast-paced climb, and Fulsang did a great job. Winner on the day, Fulsang from the break. Roglic just solidified everything. Um, he ended up dropping Nairo. Then later he dropped Valverde. Uh, 
but who did have a little bit of a comeback was Lopez and Pogacar. They both were able to push the pace, dropping all those other guys, kept attacking. There's one point where Roglic is with them and then they, they're attacking and he's not going with them. But I think he just sat to kind of stay because his big concern was Valverde. So he stayed with Valverde and all of a sudden he sees that Valverde is not really doing it. He tacks back up. Next thing you know, he's with those two and he just sits on for the finish. Uh, really well done. You got... Um, so Roglic is let's, let's we'll go here to what his actual overall is um, to make sure that we see what his uh, GC battle times are right now. We've got Roglic in first place, two forty eight down is Alejandro Valverde. Valverde says, "Like I don't even know what, what I'm am I able to fight for this finish." So he kind of had some downtrodden type of comments, and then today he says some things more like, um, "Oh, Roglic has had bad legs in the third week of the tour." Okay, well, let's think about that. That was that was in the Giro. At no point in the Giro did Roglic look like he does now. Even early on, he never had the abilities to react as he's doing this year. Um, he's there's not been a crack. So the Giro, maybe not so. But people have said that about the Tour with him too. And up until last year, last year was the first time in the 2018 Tour de France that Roglic has has really tried to go for the GC there. Other than that, he's been stage hunting and. I don't think he had a bad fourth week, uh, fourth week. His fourth week might've been fine. His third week, uh, he ended up, matter of fact, I think he won like stage was at 19 or 20 of the tour last year, the uh, attacking up over the top, finished it uh, on the downhill. That's when Dumoulin and some others were complaining. He was getting a ride on the motorbike. But the point is he was strong enough to be putting in these attacks in the third week, solidified his fourth place while working for Kreuzwick. I don't know that he had a bad Tour de France uh, third week. So um, not sure what Valverde is saying. Maybe he's just trying to get in his mind, in his head. But uh, I think it's pretty, pretty hopeful for Roglic. Yesterday, up the climb, there was times where there was gaps. Like I said, there was a gap between he and Lopez and Ro- and Pogacar. And it looked like maybe he's now, hey, you know, the commentators are looking for anything because he's been so solid in this whole race. Uh, the way that he then went to those two, back up to them when there was a gap that had formed, uh, says a lot. And I don't see that as having seen um, any cracks in him yet. So we'll see uh, what it has you know, what, what comes about and if, if there's any issues that are going to be for Roglic, but I see him solidifying itself. Matter of fact, I see, I see Lopez. Um, so here's the top three Roglic first, second, uh, Alejandro Valverde, 248 behind Pogacar, 342 behind Lopez, 359, Rafa Maika, 740 and Quintana, 743. So with that, I don't see, Quintana, I mean, he's kind of just blown himself out. Micah has been improving himself daily, but he's 740. So really you only have, you have the three um, from second to fourth. And I could see Pogacar and Lopez doing, now look, uh, Pogacar's 20 first year <laughs> racing as a, in the world tour. He won the tour of California this year. Uh, he's beyond what you would expect for a 20 year old or 24 23 year old, maybe unless you're Bernal uh, and going this deep. So who knows him and he can blow extraordinarily. Uh, I do actually see Lopez. I think he, if anybody could possibly overtake Valverde um, unless Valverde is still getting baby's blood transport, you know, eating babies directly for this uh, kind of his vampire, like old age, being able to sustain this youth. Um, Unless that continues, I can see Valverde, 
uh, losing some time and, and Lopez uh, overcoming him. But we'll, we'll see. So what do we have coming up here on the actual Vuelta in this next week? Well, we got, like I said, we got just one week left. Uh, we'll take a look at the profiles. So today's rest day. Then we start in and stages 17 through 21. We have at least two mountain days. Uh, no more time trials. And these are somewhat shortish. I mean, you've got 220 kilometers tomorrow. Uh, it should be more of a sprinter's day. Then you've got a, a four mountain range day on Thursday, 178 kilometers. Then on Friday, it looks like it's you take a little hump and then it's all downhill. So that should be another sprinter's day. So Bennett and et al. should be able to get something. Saturday is uh, all climbing. I mean, it looks nasty. It's got, you know, like three or four different big peaks. Uh, Summit finish, the Plataforma de Gredos. Uh, but with that, you've just got lumps all over the day. So even with the formalized climbs, it's got a bunch of a uh, bunch of other ones. One, two, three, four, five, six possible categorized climbs in there. And then um, 107 kilometers, Madrid, that's going to be a nothing day. So we've really got two GC days, two sprinters days, three sprinters days coming up in the Vuelta. And so I think uh, Roglic can pretty much do that. All right. What would Jesus do? Well, what I'm kind of getting at there is some tactical racing segment. This is channeling Jesus Serrata instead of his brother, Jose Harada. Stage 11 winner took off with 20 kilometers on a slight climb and with a group of strong riders. He stayed away and won the day. How did he do it? How did he do it? Well, we're going to talk about it. Okay, behind in the break, uh, there were better and more prominent riders. Well, first of all, who won on stage 11? Did we talk about that today? We sure did. That was after the time trial. That was Mikel Itcherer. Okay. Uh, he barely won over John uh, Lastros and you won over um, Lawson Craddock. Uh, this guy's never won a race before. Uh, there were much better, stronger, prominent racers than him behind him in the group. And this is his first stage win as a pro. Our first win as a pro. Um, he wouldn't win in a bunch sprint. And so he gambled. He gambled all in, and his only chance was to go solo. <clears throat> solo allowed him to focus all his efforts while the group behind played around, not wanting to take poles or attacking each other. Cavagna had a flat, and he had to chase back to the group even, showing that the efforts weren't all that considered. So he took off 20K, and he's like, I'm going all in on this one. It was perfect. And like I said, Cavagna ended up flatting. He ends up being able to get back up to the group that day showing that the group wasn't going all out. You know, I talked about this with, I mean, this happens all the time. You get someone up the road and then there's infighting about how they're going to do it. And, and, um, you don't want, no one, one of those guys wanted to make too much effort. If you have some sprinters in there, if they don't have a teammate, they're not going to go all out because they're not going to want to waste all their sprint ability and their, their, their strength, uh, just so some non-sprinter can beat them. So they're not going to do it. This guy does the great work. He channeled his Jose Harada, well done instead of the um, Jose. I'm sorry, he channeled his G Jesus Serrata instead of his Jose. Let's talk about that transfer market. Um, only got a few of them. We, I, look, I've been doing a search here. Nielsen Palace, we're still looking for your contract. Uh, the contract watch continues. We, I know two years ago, he signed with Jumbo NL at the time, now Jumbo Visma. Uh, it was a two-year contract. Reading again about it last night, their whole idea was we're, we're going to take this slow. We're going to take this young rider, 22-year-old or 20-year-old uh, at the time, bring him along, get him maybe a grand tour in a few years. Yes, that's where. But now they've got this prospect. But this year they've loaded up their team with Tom Dumoulin. You know, Roglic is there. He just signed. Actually, is another one he extended today through 2023. 
um, Stephen Kreuzwick. Uh, you know, you're bringing on a bunch of different riders. It's like this team is getting jam-packed and Sepkowski has extended. He's been riding well. I think Nelson has been riding, you know, for t- first Grand Tour rider. You know, we talked about Sepkowski saying how tired he was after the first week in the Vuelta last year, and he wasn't really able to do much at all. Nelson is still there. Now, whether he's doing a ton of work, he's not Sepkowski in the front. But even the other day when Cuss was up winning um, – uh, the stage Nelson is the one that starts on the bottom. Now everyone attacks in the in the field and in, in, immediately goes to like five riders. What's he gonna do? Well, the day Sepkus won, actually he was I think twenty first on the day. Uh, he had a good ride that day, and basically what he had said was, I just wanted to make sure um, that uh, Roglic was okay, so I kept a good pace going up. It wasn't too bad. And then once the team uh, told me over the ears, hey, we're, we're good to go, he goes, then I wrote it in a little easier. But um, look, being able to be in those positions and not getting dropped climbs before, that's pretty good. Matter of fact, he's, Bennett has been sick. George Bennett has been sick to the point where it's Sepkus and Nilsson Palace are kind of the last two that are there with Roglic uh, going in. Anyway, we don't have a contract update on Nilsson Palace. I imagine at 24, he should be getting 22, 22. He should be getting a contract here somewhere. Uh, for a world tour team because he's uh, he's been able to hang in pretty good. Like I said, Roglic extends through 2023. Maybe EF education first is where Nelson Palace goes because Joe Dombrowski has just split from them and he has been signed and announced that he's going to UAE Emirates. So that will be an interesting... Look, I, I feels like people go to um, EF education first and at least Americans and their career just kind of goes away. Joe Dombrowski has been okay. Um, TJ goes there. TJ has been TJing as he does. Uh, Nelson, I like uh, he and Sepp both went to NL uh, Jumbo and now Jumbo Visma because I think it, it's given them just a different perspective and I think they're on a different level. And I, I hope that Nelson doesn't go to U, uh, EF Education first, but I also hope he stays in the mix. Um, Phil Jaber goes back to Lotto. That's that's what it was. So he was with Lotto several years ago. He's going back to them. Um, we talked about him earlier, that he's going away from Dequan Quickstep. All right, let's talk about the NCNCA local racing. We've got uh, Giro de San Francisco. That was Labor Day. Cole Davis, uh, another local shines as others crash, as expected. Um, women's P123, Ellie Velez wins with Kristen Faulkner second, Jenny Harwick in third. So Ellie Velez, congratulations. At least that's what the results say. I don't know if it's legit, but we're saying you got the win. Uh, in the P12, Cole Davis wins with Zach Gotsman in second for Tarun, Roman Kaloon in third of Mike's Bikes, Robert Skinner in third. I'm sorry, in fourth for Mike's and Mike Hubbard of Carolina Crit Squad in fifth. Um, word is... That was a pretty. I saw Cole Davis's finish, uh, at least a picture of it. Bike throw across the line, wheels in the air, uh, little Ala Sagan. So good for him. You know, Cole Action Hagen team, and he did the Tour of California, did the um, Tour of Utah, and you can't help but come out of there with some strength. So he shows well at uh, Winters a few weeks ago. Um, just getting beat by Tyler Williams. It's it's hard to get. It's hard to beat a tie, uh, to to win over a Tyler. But you know that's just what happens. Uh, and then he comes out to this race, which is a, a known crash slash um, sprint fest, and it takes a lot of speed and good sprint and does it. Yeah, uh, he's a little guy too. So congrats for Cole Davis. 
really good to see you uh, representing um, your world, your your team, and doing well on the local circuit here. Men's 35, Chris Coble, Olympic Club, gets first over Sam Benedict. I don't know how that one shook out, but Benedict has a ridiculous sprint, so... I don't know if Coble got off the front. Um, Coble can finish as well. So Coble, Bennett, Dana Williams, former national champion, Mike's uh, Ariel Herman, current world champion or national champion, Thursday Bear, James Enright. James Enright, there was just something. Was it track or something he just won? Was it Worlds? Uh, someone give me an update on that. Okay, Masters 45, Jonathan Baker, current national champion for touchdown wins that over Chris Phipps, Thirsty Bear, Mike Sayers, uh, no team listed. Mike, uh, who are you riding for? Are you riding for Touchstone? Are you doing die? I don't know. And I've made some assertions while you've been on the show before. So maybe we'll have to get some confirmation. Uh, Drum Nadal, uh, Thirsty Bear in fourth. And Sean Smith are for our Make-A-Wish. Huge uh, results there for all those. Uh, Red Bay, Red Bull Bay Climb. We'll talk about that maybe in a little while. I did see some results here. Uh, Anna Moogie. Ended up winning for the women. I think she's won three times. I did see Jeff Linder was second in his. So I'm looking for a video, Jeff, coming out. Uh, your one last year was stellar. We talked about that when you were on the show. Uh, so looking for a new video coming out for you on the Red Bull Bay Climb. I don't like the name. It's hard to say. Some things that make you go, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. I think everyone's seen this already, but... Um, have to inform those of you who are not in the know. The Vuelta is going on, and as you see uh, these, any of these races, you see drone footage or helicopter footage uh, up above. Well, stage eight, they were going over one of these towns. There's helicopters over, looking at all these you know, rooftops. Evidently, uh, someone saw some, some marijuana plants on the roof of one of these houses. Police did a raid. They busted it, and they end up, <laughs> ended up... Uh, basically confiscating, I guess, a bunch of uh, plants. So uh, is that the new way we're going about? You know, this reminded me of a Cheech and Chong movie. I don't know if it was uh, Nice Dreams, maybe. Uh, and they had an underground uh, facility that they were doing. Now, underground was above ground. It looked like a big pool. And at one point, the police are up ahead. They're overlooking it with their helicopter. And they have just a blue tarp. So it makes it look like there's a, a swimming pool, but it's not because underneath is all the plants. Uh, there's a rip as would have it Cheech and Chong do something and screw it up and there's a rip in this. So now, and so to make sure that the police that are looking up there above in the helicopter don't see through, then see that it's a fake pool. They hurry and get a ladder. They get up there. They're on and they're faking swimming. Maybe the, I don't know if there could have been a, what these guys could have done with this, but, um, and I don't know what the weed laws are over in Spain, but evidently they're enough for them to get a drug bust Sorry, buddy. Um, should we talk politics and weed legalization? Um, Tour of Britain. I just saw today, uh, Andre Vanderpool wins stage four, takes the race lead. What's, who's he ride for? Circus Circus or Circus Condon or something like that? Uh, dude, that, that guy. I, oh, and it reminds me because I can't think of Vanderpool without um, uh, what's the other guy's? <laughs> wow, Vanert. Uh, who got injured in the tour. I guess he's been out riding now. He was riding an e-bike trying to get himself back in shape. But I think his crash was pretty nasty. Uh, speaking of pretty nasty crashes, uh, Rigoberto Uran crashed in the Vuelta, crashed out. Um, who else crashed out that day? Q Carthy, uh, someone else. But it, the point is, 
he crashed out so bad. Uh, he had a seven hour surgery. He said, they said the collarbone, shoulder blade, ribs, his vertebrae and lungs. He had punctured lung. I think too. he says he's lucky to be alive. Um, now personally, I haven't seen any of the photos or video of his hospital stay. And until I do, um, I'm skeptical that the crash is real. Now it's, it's, of course it's real. Um, but Froome, oh, speaking of Froome, uh, he had to go back into the hospital. Uh, he cut his thumb and just severed a tendon. So that there, I mean, that sounds painful and had to reattach a tendon. Uh, so he's thumbs up for a while. Uh, they did show that one from the hospital bed and it, <laughs> and in defense of all the, the conspiracy theories, that one looked worse than the crash. But you know, that's cause he had his arm in a sling and his thumb was bandaged. But once again, I didn't see the actual cut. You know, I have seen pictures of him back out on his bike and his leg and it looks, uh, you can see the scars. So I don't know. Is that are those fake too? How about some winners and losers? Uh, well, I'm American. I went to the university of Colorado, uh, big Sepp Cuss fan. Of course, he's a winner uh, for this week. Stage 15, the Vuelta a España. But not for winning this stage. He's a winner for, if you've ever seen the podium ceremony, they, they do a podium, they have the presenters, they have some special person. And in the Vuelta this year, they've been handing him a beer. They hand him a beer. Uh, they all cheer. They kind of go in like this. Some of the guys kind of nibble like this, and then they just throw it in this recycle. And then they make sure, hey, look, I think it's part of the promotion is we have beer and we recycle. So putting it in this recycle bin is a big deal to the way these presenters do it, which is, it's a little odd to see. Uh, anyway, Sepp Cuss gets up there. Some of these guys take a sip. They kind of take another sip. They're okay with it. He comes up there and he takes a sip and then he stays on the podium. And by the way, if you finally get on the podium, you never know when you're going to get back. Vuelta, it's a big deal. He just, he pounds the whole thing, one big shot. Um, then he puts it in the recycling thing. And I heard afterwards, um, cycling podcast had asked him about it. We, you know, what, what the ABV or what the beverage, uh, how strong of a drink was this? And he's like, I actually, he said, Hey, that was a good question. I actually asked the, um, the race organizers there, you know, what this was. And they said, Oh, this was actually non-alcoholic beer. So he's like, well, no wonder I was able to take this down in one shot. Uh, look, Sepkas, pretty excited about him. Really excited about uh, Nelson Palace. And for those two reasons, I, and especially those two riders, I'm pulling for uh, Roglic in this tour, in this Volta. I, I like to see a good race. I'm not a big fan of, of, of uh, Valverde. Uh, I'm a pretty good fan of Pogacar. He did. He was so fun to watch at the Tour of California the last day there. And he's also, he's been fun to watch this one. I like the way uh, Lopez rides. The shit show that uh, Quintana and Valverde are is amazing to see. You know, we talked last week about uh, Soler, how, and how he was throwing a fit and coming back. But he's been doing yeoman's work for his team. Now, when I say for his team, it's for Valverde. I think there's a huge split in that team. I think everyone, uh, most of those riders, especially the Spanish riders, like Valverde a lot. So they have no trouble um, skinning the cat that is Nairo. And Soler, you know, he may be uh, he may be the guy for a uh, movie star coming up this next year. Uh, yet to be seen. All right. So I think there's only maybe one or two races left here in Northern California. Henleyville, big race. Not, not a big race. Uh, I've been on the podium there. That's that's how big of a race it's not. But uh, pretty cool course. So if you got that going. Um, anyway, if anybody has any comments, questions, uh, please do so. Send them into us on our Facebook page. That's how Cla- Michael Claudio got in touch of us regarding his post up. 
If you want to see his comments there or any of those other ones, you can check that out. Facebook page, uh, Between Two Wheels Podcast. This has been episode 143. Really thank you. Look, you can do us a favor. Just go on there and make some comments. Send them in to us on our YouTube page or Facebook page, uh, any of the podcast services that you use for the show. Share it as well. Check us out on Twitter, between that's B2W underscore podcast. The links are also in the description of this feed. For Kurt Mills, Chris Flower, I'm Tyler Yonke. Thank you once again.